Me hollow her. Very welcome to the Straight Up Podcast. We're absolutely delighted to have you on the show. What is the crack? Hello, lads. No, flipping class to be here. Finally to get going. Uh, all quiet over here, sitting in Doha just after the first day of school there. Lots of big walls to jump over now in the next fight. or big hurdles to get over with this whole COVID stuff. But it's all part of it now, isn't it? Yes, lads. Indeed. Class. I'd echo what Ashley said there. Welcome to the show. You've been someone we've had in the pipeline for a while. Um, I remember back when me and Ashley did an episode right at the start of lockdown, we mentioned about you know, individuals starting new initiatives and stuff, and, and your You Never Arrive at Life was one of those that was mentioned. Um, here we are, I think, at the start of every episode, we say, well, lad, how you doing? What are you at the minute? And you being out there in Doha is probably the most uh, tropical location we've had yet. So how's things? How's the weather? What's the crack out there? Uh, it's not too bad. What is it now? It's 38 degrees out here at the minute. Uh, no, it's just it's just really? different. Like it's different the way we left it there. Nobody's really back to normal yet. But no, we don't even know what's going to happen with the children and all. But just glad to be back here and hopefully get a few branches in the, in the next year to get back. It's thirty-eight degrees. You're on a sweatshirt. Hey, the aircon. If I let the aircon turn off, I would just get hot within five minutes sweating. Yeah. Oh, so you're just after. Um, uh, I will. Teaching class there, so thanks for your time. Oh, no, here, no sweat. I couldn't make on even as the crack is 100%. Um, yeah, so like, whenever just the same as what Johnny said, um, about setting up initiatives, yours is certainly you never arrived at life has certainly been you know one of the highlights of lockdown and the value that you're adding. So just to just to give everyone a bit of context, Mihal, do you want to like introduce what you currently have on your plate? Um, obviously, you're a teacher out in out in Doha. Just to give a quick introduction as to what you currently have going on, um, oh, yeah, no teaching, and then and then you never arrive at life. Just a bit of a background. Yeah, cheers. No, uh, no, thanks very much. No, it was something that even once close to me, like even before COVID happened, I was sort of I was always considering sort of a psychological route, and then. Uh, I want to do something sort of out there in terms of like maybe like running something that could help sort of just with children and sort of things like that. So no, just during lockdown, I was like, you know what? I have plenty of time here to sort out things. Applied for a master's, uh, started the master's then, started the page then. Like I really pushed it because I had all the ideas in my head, the name, all that sort of stuff. Like it just sort of flowed. And it was really a good chance just to sort of kick everything off. So no, just with everything for the page, like it's more or less just based around it's not really based around sort of digging in any sort of trauma or anything. It's more about wherever someone's at right now, they can sort of figure it out themselves and push themselves on. And over time, hopefully, I'm talking like a couple of years, it will be directed more towards children and younger people, sort of even as far as universities, sort of just pick themselves up from wherever they're at and sort of just try and do their own thing for them on their own sort of individual sort of journey. Do you know what I mean? And do you think because you are exposed to children, obviously being a teacher, that 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 has been that that is a possibility that you get to see children on a daily basis, um, and you can sort of you know relate to them in that regard? Do you think that? Oh yeah, that yeah, that's great. That's that's actually the whole point, like relating. Yeah. So like me, like doing the psychology, like obviously later on in life, I'd love to do maybe God knows, like probably we'll try to think about a PhD or something like. But I want to stay in the sort of in the. Sort of not the business, but in education for as long as I can with children, because that's where you're going to keep learning and to keep everything relevant and relatable, you need to be stuck with them. Like I'm sitting yeah. in a Muslim country, like, and you're seeing 11 year old kids uh, and how they're thinking straight away. It's all perfect. Like, you know, like we're exposed to so much sort of social media now, your role models that you used to have. 
like your role model used to be like for us it was like Benny Coulter someone that only lived 10 minutes down the road you know what I mean and now you've flipped you've all the children that was me to laugh well you know what I mean and now they're sitting fucking up going mad for flipping like anything on TikTok and any of these Instagram flipping YouTubers YouTube's huge yeah. our ones over here and I'm sitting there going like, like what do you know about this person have you ever actually seen them in the flesh and that's their yeah. role models you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose is that is that being a breath of fresh air to yourself, going over there, new culture, new way of life, and many new things. Um, as you said, you're you're being in education, learning yourself, but now you're helping others. Is the combination of having you know you just recently, I suppose, got into that sort of area. Has it been the last? Is it a year you've been over there, or what? A year the... up and over here. Yeah, I was in London yeah. for a while. I taught religion in London, secondary school up the level, like up the GCSE, and then a bit of level towards the end of first year, but. No, even in London, like you even get the, the attitudes of the children and all. Like I was in Twickenham, our kids all came from Staines. So it was like Ali G, bro, all this sort of crack. And that was fun. <laughs> that was good. And then you roll it over to here. And I, I looked at my class list today. I have 12 nationalities in my class. And like, it's mad the things you learn. And I always try to tell the kids, like, not that they're any smarter than me, but they're, they are. Like they, I asked them a question in English and they're having to think about the question in English, translate it to Arabic think about their answer in Arabic and translate it back into English again. Yeah. It's so cool. Like that's the way our children are over here. And it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Seeing every you ask them something about their culture, like I have kids from Syria, all probably like they don't tell me, but they've all fleed something. The Lebanese kids in my class now this year. So I'm bound to learn something about culture and even get your nice presents from them. And they're all cultured. Oh. Like it's all quite cool stuff. Like, that's, nice. unreal. That's, that's really, really refreshing to hear that um, because I'm sure, as, as I mentioned before, it's, it's been a new experience, but you seem to have taken it in your stride. So, so fair play to you, uh, Michal, that, that's class. And have you been able to combine or manage both um, the Never Arrive at Life initiative as well as all the other um, endeavours you have going on? Because I know you're doing, you said, mentioned you're doing a master's at my old university, Northumbria. So you're looking to study like the psyche as well, a bit of psychology and stuff as well as, you know, teaching and all these other things. Yeah, no, that's, but all of them go hand in hand. It's kind of weird. Like, so I put myself under a real, like a push this year. So I know I have to work hard. All these things I want to achieve. I'm mad for goals, like literally five year goals, 10 year goals, anything like that. So I write everything down, but they all go hand in hand. Like psychology goes in hand with the kids and the page goes in hand with the kids. And then the page links back to psychology. Like sometimes like I be real personal with the kids, like, cause the kids are all obviously thinking about perfect all the time and they can't show weakness and all this sort of crack. And I, I often say to my children, I was like, oh, I'm really missing home today. Today is a tough day. Like something like that. Like last year, the point we're playing in the championship final against Kilku and I was sitting there like an absolute ball ripping that. And I just openly told them at the start of the day, it's not a good day. And they all like yeah. respect that. That's one thing as well. If they know you respect them enough to tell them something personal, they'll they'll give back to you. Like like yeah. what goes around comes around. They'll come back at you with something. So one of the children put up their hands and they were like, uh, "Mister, I think I know how to help you out. Why don't you draw a picture of home? That might help you." So I went home oh, that day. Ah. Drew a picture of home, and the yeah. boys were playing that evening. They got to watch it. No, but before the match, I drew a picture of home with my Gannon, and it was like. I was loud. I watched the game. I watched the game easy then. I wasn't overly yeah. annoyed because I put myself in that mindset. But that was an eleven-year-old like, child just coming out of that, and it's just the yeah. simple things that. So that came from the children, like, and that's why on the page I tell children's stories. So why can't children's stories be good enough for a twenty-five-year-old girl or twenty-five-year-old boy that's maybe thinking, you know, like struggling with something? Hundred percent. And just uh, those stories, they give it a really simple and fundamental. Um, you know, picture or perspective, 
which is what you want, especially in today's society, as you're talking about like the world of social media and, you know, thinking you have to do more or you have to be better stripping things back to those, those wee stories where the simple principles are so sorry, the principles are so simple and that's, that's unreal. That is so good. I mean, yeah, we nearly lose ourselves. Like, it's so, yeah. like, I'm saying this now. Like, I haven't got, I don't have it all figured out by means. Oh, but it's mad, like, whenever you do simplify it and you do open yourself up to maybe an 11 year old's perspective. So, like, some of those stories I've told in the page, some of the feedback from those stories has been from children. And you have 20, 27, 28 children in a classroom, and they all have 27, 28 different ways of seeing the world around them. So they're going to come out with something different. And it's up to you to sort of home in on what might be sort of a bit more suited to the classroom and you push on from there. But no, it's just what, what you learn from the kids and sort of, I try to make them all be their own person. Like, and if you're, if you're weird and wonderful, go for it. Like, be weird as you weird can be. And that's the only way that they're ever going to sort of gain their own sort of, their own like ownership or their own sort of life. Like, why would you sit there and do nothing? Be you. Like That is, that is, that is unreal. Yeah. Be you. 100%. And like, that's what every teacher should strive to because you're literally being you by delivering that message that is you being you you know telling people to be themselves so like the education system and society in general is obviously going to benefit massively or would benefit massively from from that perspective so you are doing your job i could be weird myself like and i think it's the best thing ever like why why would you like sell yourself short like you know that sort of way and like even just even the personalities in the classroom like i'm saying there some of the weirdest best things happen in a classroom but some of the children aren't proud enough of it because it's not the thing it's not the in thing or your tiktok person's not doing it so you shouldn't be doing that and it's almost like the biggest personality in the class will shunt that like put them down almost for thinking like that mm. so even i said at the page at one point like my sort of long-term goal over the next like what i don't know 10 20 years if i ever did do something outside of the classroom it would be try influence a wee bit of society like especially at home like because it is very hard for children nowadays i think the pressure they're under is a lot more than we ever had we were probably just tipping out of it towards the end of our maybe secondary school time but yeah we know ourselves children are on social media from a very young age and without them even realizing that the habits they're getting and the feelings they're getting from perfect it's kind of tough to handle like yeah. whenever you're saying perfect there what do you mean just like a do you mean their perception just of what is acceptable or what's of like health like what a person should look like their perception of wealth yeah. what money you should have if i don't have that at home i'm a bit more embarrassed like it's very hard like to sort of control those materialistic sort of feelings like i sort of i do have goals too like i want to buy the best audi s6 go on i want to build a house <laughs> it's all materialistic but you get to that yes. point where like you know, when things sort of happen and you just sort of have to take it where you're at right now and just build without trying to be materialistic. But that is a very, very hard place to get to. And that's something you'll yeah. probably never master. But you can be conscious of it and try build it into your life sort of in a habitual way, like try and make it into a habit. Do you know that sort of way? Yeah, it's good to be exposed to those things as well. Like kids at that young age haven't had experience with like all the twists and turns that life has, has to offer. So they're not conditioned to think a certain way or yeah. act a certain way. Um, and uh, we're all we're all prone to it to be um, products of our environment, I suppose. Um, even at the ripe old age of twenty five, I think around where we're all sitting at the minute. And you said there, even those kids at eleven. But then you, you flip the other coin the other way, and you said they're, they're they've been exposed to social media and the, and all the materialism things you've said as well. So as again, it's good to be um, aware of both sides there. 
Um, but interesting concept, you know, you're talking about, you know, teaching kids now and, and the, uh, part of the conversation is about social media and how they're, um, you know, product of their environment now too, which is just the way of the world at the minute, isn't it? It's crazy to think about. Yeah, like I said, like, like I gave in it for so long, like that didn't take, like, I'm still not sorted out with that there, but I even talked about shaving the head. Like, it's hilarious, the things I did to hide that for years. The minute it started happening, like I'm talking uh, second year in St. Mary's, uh, lying on a pillow, you're seeing hers on the pillow, you're in the shower, you run your fingers through your hair and you have full on an inch long of hair in, in between your fingers, like all these sorts of things. And that sort of, I give into that perfect for a long time because I've seen every other fella with the perfect hairline and you're walking around 21 freaking out yapping to your mum and dad for 500 pound to go see a hair surgeon you know that sort of thing yeah, yeah, and then yeah. as I said like got away with it for a long time and then even talked about spraying the black stuff in the hair to try and hide it like that took that was just not that I say it was sad it was just an insecurity that I let win for so long and then just did that stuff with Tony McAlevey working away at the gym you rightly at the end of this 12 weeks, I'm shaving this head. No matter what happens, I'm moving to yeah. Doha. Nobody's going to see me beforehand and I'm going to meet new people. So it was kind of like a tactical thing. But as I said, the second that hair came off and that woman moved away from the mirror in the barbershop, it was just, you can't, you can't describe it. You give that ownership for so long. Literally, we had left it. But then that's how I ended up starting researching more into this sort of idea of perfect. Like, why did I feed that, feed that problem so long? And like one of the things in the page is feed the positive, starve the negative. Like, mm. why did I do that? I only know that now in hindsight. So I, I'm trying to sort of push on now, like sort of just trying to say, look, wherever you're at now is your own individual journey. You cannot control what happens to yeah. you in a way. You can only control your perspective, you know, that sort of way. And react um, to the situation or respond to the situation. Yeah, that, that, is, that is true. And I 100% agree with you. But I suppose me and Johnny have been talking about it. Like, we, you can only imagine or you can imagine that so many fellas going through that would react in the same way that just maybe would really struggle to handle, you know, the hair loss thing, especially in the context of uni where you're looking to present your best self and, you know, it's all the lads and you're talking about getting a bit of slagging and stuff. Um, you know, lads being lads, like that really would be such a dynamic and complex thing to deal with. Like, so absolutely hats off to you for not just coming over, getting over it, but, but being in the position you are now where you're reflecting on it so positively and adding value to others through your experience. Um, so like what a, what a journey and what a legend like for Jason Statham. That's, that was the role model. Just after a while, literally did all these mad things. It's like, how do I get over this? That was one of the things. Picks yes. on me that's a role model. Somebody, cool as and just go for it like so I, everyone I talk to I joke I always like Jason Statham and then everyone sort of like respects that like because you, you said it yourself lads being lads a lad's going to go for the weakness everyone wants to be the alpha so yeah. all the boys then you'll be doing something uh, whatever sitting in the back of the bus having the crack and the boys going to go for it like if you slag them about something they're going to go for it and being in St. Mary's where it's just filled with like personalities there's lots of girls like do you know what I mean like you're insecure about a girl noticing and being mm. honest <laughs> don't have a clue girls don't notice a fella will notice you're receding more than a girl well a girl doesn't care Definitely. Definitely. yeah did you, did you, there's a saying that's something along the lines of whatever you're most scared of go and do it because that's where the growth will, will occur so did you feel uh, like for so long that you were kind of operating in a space where you couldn't really get over this fear of you know facing up to going bald or having to shave your head but as soon as you 
took that step and shaved your head like you've already mentioned when the woman stepped away it was almost like several doors opened and you could finally let that go and then go on and, and i can already see with you never arrive at life doha london all those different things you've done um that speaks for itself but if you want to just open up on that a wee bit more like how did life change then when you made that step but did it oh, just, just the confidence like just the aura I just if i knew if i could get over the kids in london then i knew i'm gonna go over the boys at home or the boys football or even the boys and just anybody. If I can get over the kids, like not saying that they're outspoken, but they're very confident in them, you know what I mean? So like yeah. they're gonna say what they're thinking. And if I get over that, I nearly just laughed. Like you sort of I remember the first day when I actually took the Mac three to it, not like the the beer trim. <laughs> and it was pure skin tight. And I sat there and the boys all come through the door with their hands over the mouth, laughing and all. I'm sitting there going, What can I do? Like it's coming for you yeah. next. That's what yeah. <laughs> but I have a bit of crack with them. But yeah. I was sort of read a book, there was a book by a boy. Fergus Connolly, he's like a NFL psychologist, uh, he's an Irish fella, and uh, he said something mad, and it's, it took a long time to get over. So like, you have no control over like relationships, finance, your job, you don't even have control over your own body. And that hit me, I was like, what do you mean you have no control over your own body? That was a big one. You don't have control over your own body. Like, I didn't know that my hair was going to start falling out. I don't know when I can have a heart attack or when my body's going to contract a virus. But what you do is the influence you can have. So there's a line between control and influence. And that was something that I had to get to grips with at that stage. Like I could influence my body in a way that I would spray the black stuff in my hair or hair spray to hold it, hold it across. But I have no control over it. I, I can't, it's hard to explain, but it's all about your perception of it. So I had to perceive the influence that I had. And over time, it was just like, just let it go. And that comes into it as well. Letting go was a huge thing as well. There. And it's just, it was really just about accepting the no control part. And then yeah. that's when I just owned it because I can't control it. I control can't hide it. Can't control, control the controllables. Yeah. yeah. And that's only your perspective that you control. Like, that's just, it's just really weird. Like, how it just took years to get to that stage. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, was there a moment or a particular event that you said, right, I'm going to take this by the balls here and you know, go for it or own it. <laughs> 12th of July, Twickenham, Jim, was sitting there 12 weeks deep in a program. I was lost all the weight. I was sitting there, like sort of in really, really good shape. Literally stepped out of the gym, still sweating, walked into mm. the first barber I saw, get it off, gone. <laughs> still had a week nice. or two left of the program, but I was just like, you know what? Why am I feeding this problem any longer? And just literally own it, like let it go. And that was, that was the big so- thing. Yeah, so there was a there's a lesson in that, or there's a, a method that you took there, and that would be maybe um, do something really positive to like give yourself a buffer. So that would be yeah. the twelve week program. So you had that in the tank, and then yeah. that almost tipped you over the edge. Where right, I've done this, so now I can go on and do this, which was obviously shaving the head. So that's it. You're building, yeah. Like so, the foundations were laid whenever I was yes. doing that gym program. Like I was ready halfway to looking like Jason Statham. So the minute it was done. I was just- <laughs> You know, full package. package. I think it's an admirable topic and um, fullness and men and mental health and all all that sort of thing is very prevalent, especially Mm -hmm. young males, whether you're early 20s or going through your 20s. When When you think that I'm still young, I should still have a full head of hair. And then when you don't, you know, are fortunate enough to be dealt those cards, which is what it comes down at the end of the day, whatever genetic cards you're dealt, whether you're prone to going bald or not. Um. And it's a matter of, as you said there, controlling what you can't control, but don't let it influence you in a negative way. Um, yeah. And I think you know, the whole you never arrive at life thing is, is wholly positive. And 
Um, I know a few fellas who are going through the same thing. Um, and you can tell kind of that they might be affecting them in the wrong ways. But at the same time, my message to them is just, you know, as I said, they're kind of face up to it and, and, and get over that. And, you know, you'll grow and grow and grow in different ways you never thought possible. And you've already... You'd be surprised at how much, as you said, there are other boys like sort of respect it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. sort, of, it's sort of weird. Like, even ones that do have a lot of plenty of hair, like yourselves. Do you know what I mean? They sit there and boys are like, God, I couldn't have done that. Fair play to you. And that yeah. literally pushes you on. You don't take that in a patronising way. You sort of take that as in a, literally, this is going to push me on further. I'm keeping this. Yeah. Well, I, my, I, my dad's bald. He actually kind of walked into the room there. Did you see that briefly? <laughs> so I was on the phone. But I, was, I, was, I was always thinking it's coming to me because he said he, he started losing his hair at 21. Um, and I happen to have my mum's brother's genetics or all of heads of hair so thank you for that but um, he, he was saying to me a similar story as, as you were saying that once he started to see it coming off in school um, all boys school um, St. Mix in Belfast that it was almost a matter of oh no I can't let other boys see my weakness you know what I mean that's what, yeah. that's what the boy was saying that he eventually did shave it off and the rest is history but but yeah, lad, quality. I'm sure there'll be boys listening to this, whether it is baldness or whether it's something else to do with body image or um, yes. whatever it might be. Hope, essentially, from it. Exactly. No, exactly. And if people just, if you make it suit you, like it doesn't have to be baldness. It can be another appearance thing. Like, you know, that's sort of yeah. it. I sort of related to appearance. Like, if you can sort of get over that, I know there's some things that are a bit more difficult to sort of, I don't know, tr- like sort of perceive and get over. Like, it is difficult but you just you're you're your own person like you're your own journey just suss it out for yourself at your own pace read up on things if you have to go through other uh, people's experiences and google or whatever see how they get over it and slow slowly like you'll get strength to do things whether it's hit the gym a bit harder run a bit harder things like that or you know like um completely off topic here it's kind of funny one of the like, really light the moment for me was really weird we were in dubai last year playing a tournament and I'd be a panicker if I ever lost anything. Like, I'd be quite a hoarder. i hold on to everything. I lost my phone when we arrived to the tournament. We got to the tournament, bag over the shoulder. My phone had my bank details on it for UK banks, guitar banks. Everything was on it. Yeah. And I remember just a moment of clarity, just straight away. I was just like, nobody's dead. I just walked, just walked on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know I was completely off topic there, but just whenever we're talking about perspective and like being in control, like I wasn't in control of that phone. I just, it was gone. Like what could I do? Do you know what I mean? And that was probably, that was the next big moment for me after the, the head shave that I just sort of got into that mindset of what can I do about a missing phone? Do you know what I mean? I know the bank details yeah. might be gone. And then I told you already two months later then, Whitey took it back for me. It was the, the taxi company rang me two weeks later when we found your phone. Do you know what I mean? And like, just because the panic was over, the panic didn't even happen. It was just, right, the tournament, went to get a drink of water, looked for my phone, it was gone. And just things like that, like, anyone could have my phone, but they wouldn't get into it because it's fingerprint scanner, things like that. Yeah. Like, you sort of, you have to quickly calm yourself down and no situations of me panicking over the hair. Like, what, what purpose was that serving me or people around me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah just, because he, um, I was going to say, a version of you that's responding to the hair loss really badly, it isn't serving you and it's not serving the people around you at all because it's a worse version of you and yeah. your close your close mates and your family need the best version of you. Yeah. Oh. And same with me, like I need the best version of me. Like uh, Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? Like I need to like I'm obviously really like I just want to have a load of aspirations, all this sort of stuff. But like I know uh, Tony said something there very recently, it was like the quality or the quality of your life is based on the quality of questions you ask yourself. 
So if you're constantly refreshing your perspective of, is this right for me? Am I right for me? Am I doing the right thing here? Could I do better? Do you know what I mean? You're constantly asking. Like I know with children, like we obviously do two stars and wish. So what went well and uh, your wish is something you could do better. Like mm. we don't focus enough on failure as much. And it's one thing I talked about in the early part of the page was like children's fear of failure. And you're not at, like, you're afraid to be feeling because nobody else seems to be doing it because everyone shows their perfect side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that whole thing as well links to all this stuff. It's just that fear of failure, that fear of weakness. And I think whenever you do ask yourselves the right questions, you're looking to grow. So like, what's the problem? Do you know what I mean? Especially if you made mistakes. Yeah, like whenever we set this up, we had said at the start that um, above all else, we want to tell the truth and we want people on who are telling the truth and living the truth. So the fact that you, you know, we need, we need young people coming out and saying, I'm anxious, I'm, you know, I'm having a bad day or, you know, just things that are, that are completely normal for young people and people yeah. in general, like, like yourself, um, you know, to tell, telling us about the battles they've gone through, about the battles they're going through, because that's, you know, that's life. That's what it's all about. And then obviously reflecting on it in a positive sense and trying to, um, trying to leave learnings for, for others moving forward. So, um, just to reiterate again, um, your journey is, and the person you are right now that we're speaking to, um, is an absolute legend. Uh, thank you though can we say that no not not there yet but like she said or like we're all a reflection of our own experience like we completely do our own thing for our own self and you have people around you that are there to help you on in your experiences but like my experience to what you did today is different to what i did today do you know what i mean yeah yeah so, like, all these different things that happened to us and then i know i talked as well about uh patty passing away and it's 10 years since he passed away like that became a huge in my life because the person I thought I was back then that alpha uh, what do you call it like fourth fifth year in the college I was one of the boys do you know what I mean I wasn't yeah. I was a man in my head do you know what I mean and then on the back of what happened Patty and then having to face that within the next uh, sort of just into the future all the facing up you had to do like that was sort of a that was a real point of like self-discovery because you just don't you can't decide your own journey or your experiences sometimes it just happens out of your control Michal just for just for the audience would you mind giving a tiny wee background into the death of Patty or, or who yeah, Patty no, no was problem. yeah so basically yeah it's about 10 years ago today Patrick passed away um, just in the football pitch we were playing with Strever and just like any other normal day we all met up at the bus and then 20 minutes into the game Patrick sadly passed away uh, in the field of play so it just became a really difficult time for all the boys that knew him all the girls that knew him his family and um, as I said it's 10 years now and it doesn't feel like it but it became a huge part of certainly in my life and I know other people's lives as well and it was just a real point of um, just I don't know just real quiet sort of emptiness at times and I talked about it on the page at one point talking about I was at a really big part of my life in terms of football but I couldn't actually sort of be, I wasn't in the zone entirely. Like I was fifth year, I was on the McCrory team, I was trying to get in the starting team. I was playing with like role models. Like I talked about the boys like Donnelly, you know, Goff, all these sorts of boys, Mooney and all playing. And they're all men. They were all 17, 18 at the time. And there's me creeping yeah. in at 15, 16, and I want to be the boy. And it's just yeah. like you just you decide to go with the alpha because that's the 
perception that everyone has, but we all have our mm. battles. And I didn't realize that for a long time in, and it took a lot of soul searching and a lot of missing, Patty, and all these different things that happened in that mm. journey that sort of brought me to where I am now, especially in terms of self-help, because I had to do a lot of soul searching as well to try and take myself out of where I put myself. Fair, absolutely fair play. Me, I was going to ask, did you did you find anything then uh, uh, positive out of the whole journey in the last ten years? I, mean, I know you have, but maybe in terms of the turnaround soon after that, you said you've had to do a lot of soul searching, um, and of course it's a, a terrible thing to happen. But was there any light at the end of the tunnel in that sense? Did you did do you do you view anything? Did you hold dearly to yourself now that's there because of that uh, turn of events? Well, I think as a footballer, moving on, like I, I sort of would see myself as quite resilient. I know he was, like he never sort of gave up. And there were certain incidents that happened throughout our under-16 and all where he pushed on. And I sort of brought that in that I would sort of be like a real pusher. Like I might not be the best runner long distance, but I'll keep going. Sort of things like that there. Um, even as a club, we are a club and we always think about Paddy and we are going to do more for... Paddy and our age group, do you know what I mean? Like the book's not closed, there's a story yeah, there. Yeah. So we have sorts of things like that that we want to keep pushing. And I know everybody right now at home is thinking of Paddy and sort of the time that's in it. And uh, I think the tunnel sort of never really ends and you're always going to sort of think about it and you sort of want to do things uh, in memory of Paddy to keep the sort of memory alive. So things like yeah. that, yeah, I think it just have, just have to keep them in our memory and that would be, I'd be happy with that as the light. Awesome. Um, Michal, did you win then? Did you captain a minor one point team to the championship then? Yeah, so the year after Patrick died, we Aye. got beat in the minor final, and then the year after that, we won the minor final. Yeah, and then I was captain that year, and then we went on to win three more or two more under 21s, and then under 21B after that. Awesome. Well, that, that minor and would that have been 2012? Yeah, well, that, that was bound to be pretty special and emotional. Uh, yeah, at that time then, was it? Yeah, like, like. Not like that. That's always in our minds. Like a hundred percent that day we step out in that field, I wasn't going to lose. It was kind of a weird experience that that day against Burn because if you even watch the game back, we were just in control. And I know for it was it was a younger team and plenty of the boys that played with Paddy that year had moved on. So we were trying to carry on the memory and win that as soon as we could and carry on the memory as such. So we got to um, the under twenty ones and we were the, the exact same team was together. And we just kept winning. You know, the mentality just carried on and things like that there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, very lucky at one point. The, the book just keeps going. And uh, yeah. big big game now tonight against Kilku. So hopefully uh, things go well in that sense too. Class. Um, and just on that note then, like, do you, like, when do you see yourself coming home and, and playing for the point again? Or do you see yourself playing again? Oh, no, I'm a lunatic. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no, uh, no, 100%. I want to come back next year. Uh, I want to come back and sort of just get the body in shape and get back to where I was, sort of, because I've been away for three or four years. PGC, like PGCE was quite hard. So you sort of you sort of get out of the mindset of training as hard as you were. Uh, you sort of fall away a bit. And then you're in London, you fall back a bit further. And uh, yeah. Doha. But Doha has been great. Like the standard of football over here is brilliant. So we all have an opportunity sort of to play football on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday and great standard, great people and we all work hard. So I think if any of us were ever made to go home if there's another lockdown, we'd, we'd fit in rightly, like, you know, that sort of way. Standard's yeah. quite high. Also, you, you're definitely carrying on the legacy in so many ways there. Uh, it just It's probably a topic for a whole other video or a podcast, sorry, is the, just the, the togetherness that being part of a football team, I suppose, 
death of, of Patrick at that point brought you all together and then the success along with winning that, that minor title under 21s and um, what better way to you know um, I suppose I know highlight the good work that the team done and, and you know the memory that he lived on amongst the team um, and I, the crack you're saying there about even though you're all the way out in Doha the, the, the point in you is still living strong then is it? Oh yeah, so I can't wait to get back. No, sure, all, all mates, we all live beside each other. We've all went to primary school together. We've all sort of grown up together. Even the older boys that are still there, they were our sort of go-to people, our role models that give us out uh, memorabilia, or not memorabilia, or, pr- or prizes at the end of the year. You know, things like that there. The point's in a really good place in, in terms of that. And there's a lot of people there that are bouncing off each other, even the younger boys coming through, like some of the boys are playing in the final in October. So there's a lot happening there and hopefully they can build on that sort of that progress. Real lot. And so what's what's next for yourself then? Is it just to see out the year in terms of you never arrive at life? What can we expect next? Is continuing the the good vibes? <laughs> good vibes, good life. So <laughs> I'll get going here hopefully with the uh, Masters. I'll get back into doing videos on the page once I'm in school. And as I say, I'm going to bounce off the kids. There'll be plenty of things I'll put on that page that I'll have asked the child about. And I'll be getting their perspective. And that's the thing. It'll be for young people and fueled by young people. And hopefully I can push into the university sort of ideal setting as well. Like all the YouTube videos that I hope to make and I will make will be free on YouTube and that's the way it's supposed to be like so just accessible relatable relevant that's just really the way I wanted to do it from the start no doubt no doubt no doubt it'll be um, just continuing on from what you're currently doing Um, and like literally can't wait to can't wait to see what's next for you never arrive at life Um, and on that on that note Michal um, we'd just love to thank you again for coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you and um, so genuine so humble so down to earth um and and uh you know it, it's going to really resonate with our audience um so so again thanks again and thanks very much thank you johnny as well Class. Hey, that, Michal. thanks very much there was a quality episode um some very valuable content in there i'm sure it'll resonate with a lot of our listeners so um i'm sure where can we where can we find you then it's uh, at you never arrive at life on instagram is it yeah, thank you on Instagram. That's, yeah, that's the main social media. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> um, at You Never Arrive in Life on Instagram. And the website's the exact same. Uh, com. And Unreal Boss. Lots of rap. That's a quality episode. Um, as Ashin said there, um, just at the start of the conclusion. Thanks very much for your time. Quality insight. Um, anything else to add, Ash? No. You've said it all. Absolute legend. Pleasure having you on. Episode 14 in the books. Thanks for listening. Boom. Cheers, class.